Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is the man who's still on vacation, Mr. Shaheen Almani! Shaheen is not here. Shaheen is on a motorcycle somewhere on the West Coast, I think. I don't know. We, we Our uh, schedules are a little crazy this month, and uh, we couldn't quite get together in the same room to record, so we're trying something a little different today because I wanted to keep us on the weekly on the weekly flow, you know, weekly podcast. I know sometimes that gets said a little bit tongue in cheek, but, um, you know, we're, we're a committed crew and I got, I got Coda Kitty here. So we got two out of three and we're just going to give it a, give it the old college try. Um, special for this week though. I just got back from Sardinia riding the Aprilia Touareg 660 and Shaheen and I will talk about this more next show, but I had a chance to sit down with Christian Borelli, who is the brand manager of Aprilia. And we had a quick, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 minute conversation about the 660 platform, how the tour ride came to be, what's going to come next. And I want to share that conversation with you guys because I honestly, I want to start getting back into making these sort of quick industry podcasts for the motor podcast, which has kind of been defunct the last kind of year or two. So this is my way of kicking that off. But Stay on after the interview because I want to give some thoughts and some follow-up to some of the things Christian said that I think were interesting. So let's jump into it. Uh, apologies in advance. We're sitting in the poolside at this resort in Sardinia, and there's birds chirping, and the wind's blowing, and the rain's falling. It, it, it was beautiful. Um, you know, we, we shared a moment, but it doesn't quite make for studio podcasting results. So apologies in advance if it's a, it's a little rough, but uh, the conversation's good, so I think you'll enjoy it. So let's just jump right into it. Well, Christian, I want to start off by thanking you for taking time to, to talk to me today. Uh, I know you've got a busy schedule and flying back and forth from Sardinia and, yeah. and everything. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate your time. Me too. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I want to start with kind of how the 660 project began and then jump into the tour rag. So, frame it for me. When, when did this uh, idea of making a... Yeah, six sixty middleweight twin yes. pop into Aprilia's head. Well, uh, the the uh, initial idea to have a middleweight motorcycle was uh, in the company since I believe two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Then they start to discuss to find which will be the right way to do it. Then really we jump into the project uh, around two thousand seventeen when I joined the company. Then the, the, the thing started to be, to be real. And, uh, and then we figured it out everything around 2017. We already know since the beginning that we will have, uh, let's say an engine that can be a platform from different motorcycle. Already at the beginning, we start with the idea to have three motorcycles, the RS, the Tuono and the Tuareg since the beginning. And this was, uh, a key aspect to define the, the, the layout of the motorcycle, the engine, the specific component for the for the street motorcycle, and then for the Tuareg, as you saw yesterday evening, there are some components that are dedicated to this kind of motorcycle. No? So since the beginning, we had to work out and to find out how to make an engine that could be flexible enough to be used in this kind of different usage of motorcycle. Why pick a 
a, a parallel twin? Why make it 660 cc's? What's what's the benefit? What are the trade-offs there? Yeah, the idea to have a parallel twin is because the parallel twin is a very flexible engine and modular, so it's easier compared to, as for example, to other kind of engine layout to have the possibility to use as a base for different motorcycles. For example, we already know that for the Tuareg, we don't want to have an higher seat. And if you use the parallel configuration, you can move the components to keep the seat high on a correct level. So in terms of balance and weight was for us uh, the more comfortable choice, even if uh, let's say we were already coming from an engine of 900cc that wasn't parallel. So for us was, I don't want to say new because it's an alpha of a V4 engine, but anyhow it was a completely new engine. Then the fact that it's a 660 was uh, most a consequence than a decision because we starting with the idea to have a 100 horsepower engine for the street bike. So that was our goal to have this kind of power because for us was, uh, um, let's say, an important point to have a sporty motorcycle, but not too extreme. So we say to our engineer, we want an engine 95, 100 horsepower, light, compact and sporty. And they come back to us with the idea that with 660cc uh, will be enough for them to achieve this kind of performance with the ideal uh, torque and configuration that we were looking for. So, You touched on it at the beginning. These three models were developed at the same time. That's kind of an interesting approach. Yeah. What does that allow you to do in terms of, I was going to say, like cost savings versus having like three independent platforms? Well, today I think that everybody, every company in this industry needs to have the idea of a platform. No? Today is not possible to think to make an engine and a frame only from one motorcycle because in general, in general, the numbers and the cost to develop an engine today due to pollution stuff and, and, and other kind of, it's quite expensive. So you have always to work with the idea to do several models with one engine. So for us was a key to know since the beginning because we can make, uh, uh, it's not a matter of cost saving, but uh, it's a matter of engineering stuff that you have to learn since the beginning. So if you know, for example, this engine is bolted on the frame on the Tuareg in six point, where on the Tuono are only two and on the rest are three. So to know already since the beginning, which will be the layout of the Tuareg engine and the Tuareg frame was a key point to develop the design of the engine. In this way, you can already think where to put the fixing point for the Tuareg, even if the Tuareg will arrive one year later compared to the other two. So you have one engine that can fit in several, in two different frames with some modification to be, uh, let's say, good enough for, for what you need. Why pick these three segments to make this platform, you know, born in, to be born into? Because I, I get the RS and the Tuono. You have the RC4, you have the Tuono V4. Yeah. That makes obvious. So why why the Touareg then to be the third? Well, the Touareg was, uh, is, it is the third because uh, is mainly Euro, but I think in US is the Enduro motorcycle is a good numbers in terms of quantity sales and interest from the people. And uh, for us, 
was already since many years the idea to do a tour inside the company, but uh, we don't uh, had at the time the right engine. As I said before, we want a motorcycle that could be easy to ride, compact, with the right performance, but in terms of dimension, have to have a low seat. So we wait to have the 660 engine to do the Tuareg, but we were looking to do a Tuareg since kind of five or six years already. Hmm. So it's a matter of to have the right combination of uh, of platform and, uh, and and the market in this kind. Of course, we start with the RS. We already discussed uh, before launching the RS if it was better to launch before the Tuareg or the Tuono or the RS. Uh, we had some discussion. At the end of the day, we ended up with the idea to launch before the RS because it's more, let's say, close to our bones, you know, the sporty motorcycle. And uh, we were launching a new platform with a new engine, completely new, a new chassis with a new concept of the motorcycle. So we said, okay, probably for the customer will be also more easy to understand that Aprilia was doing a new motorcycle in a segment that they know very well that is the sport. Then, of course, the Tuono is a consequence, anyhow, of the RS in general. is always, let's say, very close to the, to the, to the sporty motorcycle, so it was coming quite easily, let's say, from, from our side. And then the Tuareg was the more challenging in terms of approaching by the people, because we were away from off-road segments in several years, no? so we had to rebuild up, uh, let's say, a sort of confidence in the customer and in the, in the trustable way to have this kind of motorcycle. Sure, yeah. What were you? What would you say? I mean, you're the brand manager, so what are the core brand elements of, of Aprilia now? Because before today, I would have said, you know, very much a sport bike brand. Yeah. But I look at that Touareg, we haven't had a chance to ride it yet, but I look at it, and I look at the spec sheet, and we see all the technical details. It's a very serious off-road machine. Yeah. Yeah, for us, but uh, we we will think of uh, what is the meaning of sports today, you know? As I shown yesterday evening in the presentation, the new generation are perceiving the sports in, in a very different way, way compared to the past generation, no? Uh, 20 years ago, sport is a matter of challenge somebody else. Today, the sport is more well-being, stay with friends, enjoy nature, uh, and, and be healthy in a way, you know? So this new concept of sports for us was very interesting to develop inside the, the 660 platform in general because the RS is a sporty motorcycle, yes, but it's not an extreme motorcycle. Uh, the Tuono is still very performance and very fun on the road, but it's not super competitive also this motorcycle. And the Tuareg, Yes, off-road, it's off-road, but also in off-road you can have a sporty feeling compared to other motorcycles. So for us, as a brand, sport is a key element. The technical aspect is a very key element for us, and all the motorcycles have to have those, uh, those pillars inside. So if you want to ride a, a, an Aprilia motorcycle, you will always have, have this feeling of being on a very technical motorcycle, very enjoyable motorcycle of course when we talk about rsv4 the v4 engine it's high top content high top performance for high top riders when we talk about 660 is a more wide open range uh, motorcycle for many different kind of customer young middle age men female 
So I have to be more approachable, but I have to add the same value of sporty technology and stuff like that. Hmm. Tell me about the birth of the Touareg. It's you know, 2017. You decided we're going to build a, a proper adventure bike. Yeah. Um, I mean, what are the conversations that you have in the office about that? How do you how do you plan for something like that? Well, it was quite challenging because, as I said before, we are, were away from off-road se- properly off-road segments in several years. So we have to rebuild once internally a little bit of understanding about what is uh, enduro motorcycle today, what is adventure motorcycle, how to match Aprilia with this kind of motorcycle. So we study a lot. We look a lot about, of course, uh, what other competitors are doing and what we did in the past with our motorcycle. So, and uh, we come up with the idea to be, let's say, sporty, as I said before. So, very light motorcycle uh, with good ride of performance, with a good travel suspension to, let's say, make a motorcycle that will not be a limit. So, you can go everywhere and we need to support your needs to go everywhere in a way we took a lot of inspiration from the outdoor uh, let's say stuff like for example a trekking shoes or a backpack uh, those elements are very technical and uh, you can really understand looking at the uh, at the, this component uh, and this element how they are technical in terms of material they are very lightweight they are very uh, let's say sharp design and stuff like that so we took a lot of inspiration from this segment that we believe is something that is is growing and is very popular now. Also after the COVID, everybody are looking to do, let's say, stuff outside in the nature, walking, running, those kind of activities. And we believe that in a way we can follow this, uh, this uh, let's say, idea of the outdoor as, a, as an insight to develop the Tuareg. If you look at the Tuareg, it's not the classic, uh, let's say, rally-style motorcycle that you will expect from us. But we we were we know about this, but we were so confident that uh, we anyway have to be different from the others in a way and show how technical is the motorcycle and the thing that we achieve a nice balance to have uh, a good-looking motorcycle where you can really feel the technicality of the mm-hmm. motorcycle. The ADV market's a uh... It's a tough one. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you have a lot of different buyers looking for different things. So how do you pick which are important for Aprilia? And how do you pick which customers you want to appeal to? And how do you, how do you appeal to a bunch of different people that want different things? I guess is the question. Yeah. Uh, it was very tricky because as I said, in the, in the adventure segment, there is the guy that want to go in the desert just to have fun off-road. There is the guy that wants to travel around the world, so you need very different stuff. So we sit on a table with our technician. We're starting to look at the most adventure motorcycle, like, for example, Africa Twin, those kind of stuff, even GS, to see which were the interesting aspect of those motorcycles that we can, anyway, insight in our motorcycle, like wind protection, the possibility to carry some luggage, those kind of stuff. Then we look at the more, uh, let's say, adventure in terms of off-road capability, like for example, the dual motorcycle, that even if in terms of number is a niche, because you don't see a lot of dual motorcycle, mainly, for example, in Europe, but in terms of technical features for the enduro and for the more off-roadish, 
there are some very interesting content, like for example, the low weight, uh, the long travel suspension. And then we try to put together those elements and to see if we will be able, let's say in a way, to make the blanket more longer, to cover as much as possible as we can. So, and we start from that point, of course, for our engineers was really complicated stuff to manage because it's always a matter of a trade-off and a balance, no? Because we want to have a long range, that's meaning a big fuel tank, but on the other hand, we want a bike that could be, let's say, skinny, easy to jump in, and very agile also if you're riding stand-up. So not every time those kind of things can match. So it was very challenging and tough for uh, for design point of view and also for technician point of view. But since uh, the, 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 the writing that we had with journalists since today and you will experience later on, seems we can anyway nail it. So. You think back to 2017 when you're planning all this, you see KTM has already come out with a 790 Adventure. Yamaha comes out with a 10 Ray 700. Does that affect your planning at all in terms of how you wanted to position the Torag or were you already in a comfortable spot with, with where their products were being offered? Of course, we look a lot of, it, of those competitors to, to understand which was the market reaction to them. But we were already, let's say, in a phase that we know where we want to go. So we were not too much affected by them. We were just looking as, at them to see how the people react, how the market will be in terms of numbers compared to what they did. So we, let's say, in a way, we were already in, uh, in, in, in an area of knowledge of what we want to, where we want to go, but then giving to us the confidence that, that we were going in the right direction. Mm. You talked about the RS that needed to have 100 horsepower. That was a marquee thing for that bike. Is there something with the Touareg that was a guiding light for its development as well in terms of it needs to be 450 pounds or it needs to make 80 horsepower or it needs to have you know yeah. seven inches of travel? For sure, it was not the performance, the level of uh, horsepower that driving the, 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 the Touareg development, but was more the, the weight and the travel of the suspension. And the sea tight. Those, those three elements was uh, for us the key element where the the, the, the engineer had to work around because we were looking for a bike was with 240 millimeter and uh, of travel and this was a key point for us. The sea tight uh, we didn't fix yet a number but we know that uh, should be let's say easy enough to jump in and jump off for enduro uh, for the not too tall riders and. We know that this is kind of a limit in some situations. So we know that should be as low as possible. We didn't fix a number, as I said, but we know that uh, it should be low. And then also, in terms of performance, we just asked to have a more a better torque in a low and a mid RPM. Then the real number of horsepower in this kind of motorcycle for us was not uh, an, a fixed number since the beginning. Hmm. In your mind, who's the, the, the prototypical Touareg buyer? Who do you expect to see coming into dealers and, and buying this bike? Who's that, what's that rider look like? Well, it, it actually is a nice question because at the beginning we believe that the, the, it, it could be the guy that we're looking for uh, 
let's say a travel motorcycle but that was uh, coming from the same segment but were looking for more specs or a guy that was uh, coming from a smaller motorcycle but then we believe that also it will be an interesting choice also for people that want to step back from a bigger motorcycle that maybe they now they want something more light and more usable every day and also easy in the off-road so they want something more light with less performance and less let's say dimension in general but they want to stick with uh, all the electronics features that they have on their uh, big motorcycle and also let's say tubeless tires so they want a complete package but in a more smaller uh, let's say configuration and layout we believe that for those kind of riders we didn't think at the beginning to them but at the end of the day we believe that this could fit a lot of needs and you crack this door open what's next well it's interesting because we as i said we developed this platform with the idea of starting with this three motorcycle so we in a way closed the first uh, step but we know that this engine could fit uh, several kind of motorcycle and needs and we are totally open at the moment we want to see the react of the market to see exactly where we can go we know that now we have this engine with two different layout of chassis that could fit several needs and uh, i'm also curious to see where we can go uh, we had already some idea but it, we want to see the market reaction and what the expectation of the customer are to understanding where exactly we want to go. Hmm. Sounds like there's definitely opportunities on the 660 platform. Is there opportunities on the V4 platform as well? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. It's different. Of course, when we talk about the V4, we talk about, uh, uh, let's say, a different kind of engine. A different kind of platform and uh, and also different kind of customers and numbers in terms of sales uh, at the end of the day so with the v4 we have to be more careful because to develop something new it costs a lot in terms of time in terms of money in terms of possibility so we need to be more careful now already with the uh, the standard tuono we move a bit forward now because we let's say make it the tuono more comfortable uh, more touring in a way kind of so and this is already something that can give us let's say an idea of uh, what kind of before the the people want so for sure we are looking also at this uh, at this market as uh, this engine and this layout as a possibility to have some evolution but it's not so easy and, uh, let's say, in a way, uh, compared to the 660. Mm -hmm. So I'm more likely to see a Dorzo Duro 660 than a Capo Nord V4? I think that will be more easy to see yeah. some evolution on the 660. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I appreciate your time. That's all the questions I have for you. And uh, I look cool. forward to riding the bike today and seeing yeah. what comes out in the future. Yeah. Let me know later about the bike. I certainly will. <laughs> great. Thank you, Christian. Thank you too, very much. Okay, I want to say just quickly again, thank you to Christian for for taking the time out of his schedule uh, last week to to talk to me and to talk to all of the journalists that were there. Uh, really interesting insights there, and I just kind of want to mosey on back to a couple things he said. 
that I thought were were pretty interesting. And, the, and for me, the most interesting aspect, and this actually came out in our, our tech debriefing before the ride, was that the Turag 660 was co-developed with the RS660 and the Tuono 660, which means that all three bikes were planned for from the beginning. They, they knew that the product roadmap would inc- include these three models, and they built the 660 platform to uh, accommodate that. And the most telling way to see that is how the motor mounts up into the chassis. So on the RS660, it mounts at three points on the motor. On the Tuono, it mounts on two points. On the Touareg, it mounts at six. Now, you have to have all those different mounting points built into the castings of the engine to be able to achieve something like that, which means you have to plan in advance for it. So what that creates is a really versatile motor, a really versatile power plant that you can put into a lot of different applications. It's not always as simple of just taking a motor, kind of building a frame around it and hoping that it works. Because if it doesn't mount right into the chassis, if it's not going to be a stressed member or it is going to be a stressed member, I mean, that's going to fundamentally affect your design. So it's an interesting contrast to say the V4 engine, which really wasn't developed with the idea of being a platform. It was developed, uh, we want to build a super bike and we want to build a street fighter, which is just a super bike with no fairings. And in the case of the Tuono, just a little bit less fairings. This we got some fairings, but a little bit less fairings. So I'll get to that in a minute, but I kind of want to come back to this idea of like, like you have this versatile power plant, you have the 660, they have it in, in trim levels that go all the way from 80 horsepower up to 100. It can make its power in very different ways, uh, 270 degree crank. It's got a lot of character. Obviously, you can augment it with different electronics. We saw the RS has has a full, you know, kind of super bike suite, suite of electronics. The Tuono has... Most of the stuff without an IMU, but you can get an IMU. The Tourag is kind of more basic. No IMU as an option. And so what do you do with that? What's what's next? I asked Christian that in, in our conversation. And, you know, of course, he's not going to tell you, right? Because you'd have to kill me afterwards. But I think you can you can make some guesses. Like the idea of like a Dorzo Duro 660, uh, like a hyper motard type bike, a supermoto type bike with that 660 platform would be pretty rad. They've already kind of done that with the SXV this would just be a more street focused version of that. Um, there's been talk of um, the Pegaso kind of coming back. That doesn't make as much sense to me as, as other ideas. Um, but one of the ideas he floated was this idea of a street tracker. And you're like, huh, not exactly something you think of when you think of Aprilia, not exactly something you think of when you think of the industry. I mean, you have the Indian FTR 1200, but I would say one, not a bike that was executed very well. And two, not a bike that really is a street track at the end of the day. Like it's a sport bike first and it's got the 19 inch wheels. Well, now they have the 17 inch version. So it's kind of got that aesthetic, but not so much the purpose, but very much when you look at like the flat tracking space on the race side of it, they're using, you know, 600 700 cc twins you know you see the the fc07 motors in there you see ducati motors in there you can see you know a plethora of unique engines and you're like yeah the 660 aprilia engine that sounds like a good motor for flat tracking put that in a lightweight street tracking format and yeah it kind of makes sense other than the fact that it makes no sense right like it, it makes sense from a mechanical perspective but does it make sense from a brand perspective so that's why it was so interesting to hear the brand 
manager for Aprilia bringing this up because, you know, like just the impression that I get talking to him and others is he's really excited about this idea. So that brings up a unique idea of like, what is Aprilia and what is that brand doing right now? Uh, the 660 is kind of their first foray into a proper platform motor in the United States. You know, we had this conversation, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the chat, you know, what is, what is this brand and what does it mean that the Turag is coming into a sport bike brand and what, you know, what are we defining that as? But it also means like because of Aprilia's size and Aprilia's presence, you can afford to be a manufacturer that takes risks and and goes places others can't. I call it asymmetrical warfare. You can conservatively estimate, you know, Aprilia's U.S. sales at like three, four thousand units. So if you build a bike that only sells five hundred units, you're actually doing pretty good. And I think that's kind of the risk where they can say, hey, we're going to build the RS660. No one's in this space. No one's doing a full fairing sport bike middleweight twin. And, you know, we'll take that gamble. And it paid off It paid off dividends for them. You know, the RS660 is selling extremely well. It'll probably be one of their top selling bikes this year, if I had to guess. Uh, in a space that, or in a segment, I should say, that's been, you know, continuously going down the sport biking segment is shrinking each year and in a niche of that segment that isn't really considered to be like a hot ticket item and it shows that like well if you come out with an intriguing project if you do something that's a little bit unique and and clever it'll pay off so then you start coming back to this like street tracker like well no one's really doing a street track if you guys do a street tracker right maybe there's an opportunity there i don't know i'm actually kind of curious to see what the feedback is from from this podcast on that idea and i like that Aprilia has to make some moves in the U.S. They have to get some excitement behind the brand. They have to do some things that are going to get consumers to be to prick the ears up and be like, oh, that's right. There is that other Italian brand from Nuali, and they do make pretty good bikes, and maybe I'll give one a ride. And I like that's where the Tourag came from, and I like that's where the RS came from, and the Tuono kind of gets wedged in there because why wouldn't you? And so I'm kind of curious to see where this next evolution goes because for as popular as the V4 platform is, and as much as Shaheen and I talk about the need for, you know, what I joke about is a Capo Nord V4, you know, a V4 adventure bike kind of based off the Tuono. It's a little bit easier said than done because we come back to this idea, the V4, the Aprilia V4 wasn't really built to be a platform. So it wasn't really built with that in mind of like, hey, we might have to stick this thing inside an adventure bike chassis and it turns out the Tuono chassis isn't so great in that application. So I think that's part of the reason why we haven't seen that yet is because, quite frankly, they can't build it because they didn't even think about it when they were designing it. There's a little bit of reservation. I think you can hear it in Christian's voice when we talk about it, about going into that V4 adventure bike space. And I think that does have something to do with the fact that there's already another Italian brand in that space doing kind of the same thing. But... I also think it comes back to this, this product planning problem. And you could say, well, maybe the successor of the RSV4, which will then be the successor to the current Tuono V4, maybe that becomes the platform. Maybe they say, ha, hey, you know, we got, we got, you know, tricked the first time or we made this mistake the first time. Now we won't repeat that. Now we'll design a motor that goes in a super bike, that goes in a street fighter, that goes into an adventure bike, that goes into a, I don't know. 
something else that could be interesting. Um, you know, the sky's the limit when, when Aprilia can become a true two engine platform brand. And it's really a three engine platform brand. If you consider like the 125 that's in the European and Asian markets, but for Western, at least American purposes, you know, Aprilia is like a one and a half platform brand right now. When they become a true two platform brand, I think that's going to really open up some things for them. Um, it'll be cheap on costs. It'll be cheap on production. And if they're good platforms like the 660 is and the V4 could be, uh, they could really do some damage in terms of, of winning people over and, and doing hearts and minds. All that's left is is that pesky dealer network. And so, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a, uh, how do you describe it? Chicken and the egg with that. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, stay tuned. I think in the next few days, uh, we will, I say the next few days. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know. Hopefully, Shaheen and I record soon. And we will uh, have a full discussion about the Touareg 660. We'll have some thoughts from his adventures. There's a bunch of new bikes we need to talk about. I'm on the road soon to go ride the Ducati Street Fighter V2. I don't think we'll fit that into the next show. It'll probably be the show after that. But depending on recording times, maybe it will be. Uh, So we'll see. Until then, keep following us on social media. Send us your thoughts on... uh, this podcast, especially with what you think Aprilia should build next on the 660 platform, send that to webraptalk at gmail.com. I'm be very curious to hear your thoughts and feedback and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully, um, we'll be having some more conversations like this one, uh, on the motor podcast going forward. All right. Good talk. See you out there. Bye. And I think some of that has to do with, there's another, <coughs> I think a little bit of that has to do with the f- <coughs> fact I can't get a sentence out. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ.